Friends in Christ, one of the most prolific and popular Christian writers of this past century is a man named C.S. Lewis. You've probably heard of C.S. Lewis before. He was an atheist as a younger man. It was only in his early 30s as a university professor that he became convinced not only that God existed, but that God loved him. He converted to the Christian faith, is perhaps best known for his book series called The Chronicles of Narnia. So the Chronicles of Narnia are written as a Christian allegory. And so all the characters in those seven books, all the plots and the stories behind the books are representative of the Christian faith. And so it's our struggle for virtue. It's our desire to grow closer to God and to each other that is central in the stories of the Chronicles of Narnia. And the one character that's consistent throughout all seven books, in fact, the only character that's found in all of them, is Aslan the lion. And so Aslan represents Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is described as the lion of the tribe of Judah. So C.S. Lewis is borrowing that imagery when he has the character of Aslan the lion who represents Jesus. But after several successful books, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, C.S. Lewis desired to write a fourth book that would tell about the origins of Narnia, how it all began. And so the beginning of that book starts off with two children, the heroes of the stories in the Chronicles of Narnia are always children. So two children, along with their uncle, who reluctantly joins them, and of course the evil witch, who winds her way into that party. The four of them are transported into this mystical world that's completely dark and completely empty. They only know that they're together, they can't see each other. And suddenly the silence of that place is broken by a single note being sung by a mysterious voice. And the children say the sound of the note was so beautiful, it was almost unbearable. It was that wonderful for them. And after a few moments, the note is joined by 1,000 other voices. And together they form a harmony. They begin to sing, and stars begin to populate the sky above them. And suddenly there's some light in that place. They can see shapes, but they can't see each other completely. When that single solitary voice that began the whole chorus suddenly changes and sings a different note, and at that note, a sun appears in the sky and illuminates that vast and empty world, just beginning to take on life. And the children recognize that the voice belongs to Aslan. Aslan the lion is literally singing Narnia into being. So you remember the book of Genesis, when God creates the light and the darkness, the land and the sea, and he does so by speaking. And then God said, let there be light. And so it was. And then God said, 
Let the land be separated from the sea. And so it happened. God speaks the word and the world is created. And so it is with Narnia. Aslan the lion sings and the world begins to be taking shape before their very eyes. He changes the notes once again and sings a different chorus and the mountains appear. And the the grass begins to grow beneath their feet. Trees are taking shape and forests are formed right around them. It's remarkable to see. And the children are completely mesmerized by the beauty of that voice. They're drawn to it. They want to know the lion. They want to enter into a deeper relationship with him. Because they can hear his voice and the beauty that he's singing. But not all the characters in the story react the same way. And so the uncle, who's rather cynical, even sinister, says, if I were a younger man, I would confront that lion. He feels threatened by Aslan. He says, if I had a gun, I would shoot him. (laughs) Not the reaction you'd expect to have towards the creator. The wicked witch has an even more sinister approach. She has a rod in her hand, a metal rod, that she's carried over from the previous world, and she cocks it back and throws it as hard as she can at the head of the lion. It hits Aslan right between the eyes and bounces right off of him, and he keeps on singing without ever missing a beat. And the land of Narnia is created. I mentioned that powerful, beautiful story this morning because we celebrate Good Shepherd Sunday, And Jesus announces himself as the good shepherd. And he says in the gospel this morning, the sheep hear his voice as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name. And the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They recognize the voice of the good shepherd. The sheep are drawn to him. They're attracted to him. We want to learn more about him and know him more deeply when we listen to his voice. But of course, in the gospel, we're told not everyone was able to hear him and understand him the way that they should have. St. John the Evangelist says, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. You see, they had grown accustomed to not listening, to not hearing him. They had grown deaf to the voice of the good shepherd. And so he wasn't able to lead them into a deeper relationship with God. There's a warning here for all of us. Do we tune in our hearts to the good shepherd? Or do we perhaps sometimes grow dull? We ask for the grace on Good Shepherd Sunday to tune in to Christ, to tune in to the good shepherd, And I would suggest this morning there are three ways at least that we can do that. First and foremost, we tune into the voice of the Good Shepherd through our vocation. So that word vocation is taken from the Latin word vocare, to call. So God calls us, all of us, to holiness in Christ. That's the universal calling. Yet every one of us has also received a vocation. For most of us, it's to married life to be united to a spouse, to bear fruit in the world, to bring children and new life into the world we live in. For others, it's religious life, 
to be a religious brother or a religious sister. For many others, it's to be a priest. But the point I would make this morning is that God doesn't call us only one time. He doesn't call us at the beginning of our vocation. He calls to us all throughout our vocation to a greater fidelity, a greater fecundity, fruitfulness in our vocation. Are we open to hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd as he leads us in a particular way in that relationship of love that bears fruit? Secondly, we tune into the voice of the Good Shepherd through sacred scripture. So when we listen to the Word of God, do we believe it is Christ who is speaking to us, the Word of God? We read something like the responsorial psalm this morning, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. This is Christ speaking to us. It's Christ who speaks to us when we read the Gospels and hear the parables, his great teachings, his promises. When we listen to the letters of St. Paul or the writings of St. John the Evangelist, it's Christ who speaks to us about growth and virtue about perseverance through trials. It's Christ who leads us to a more intimate relationship with himself. It's his voice that's speaking to us in sacred scripture. And finally, I would suggest we can tune into the voice of the Good Shepherd through daily prayer. Do we spend time alone with God every day in that intimacy of prayer? Not only to speak to God, which we should certainly do, but most especially to try to listen to God in the silence, to understand how he's affirming us, how he's encouraging us, how he's giving us the strength we need to get through the trials and the difficulties of life, how he's leading us each and every day closer to God and closer to our eternal destination in him because we're called to spend eternity in the presence of God, to converse with him, to listen to his voice. How awkward would it be to end an eternal life before God, never having spoken to him much here on earth? We're called to begin the conversation early and often, especially trying to tune in to the voice of the Good Shepherd who tells us in the gospel this morning, the sheep hear his voice as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice.